Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Landon, welcome to the show, man. Welcome back. It's been a eventful week so far. Thus far, so far, everybody re- reported to training camp July 25th. I believe that was Tuesday, correct? Everybody's reported July 25th. Here we are getting ready for football, ready to talk about football. These updates that we've been given, great news about Shaquille Leonard, great news past his physical, eased him into practice, even though it didn't look like they were easing him in. It looked like he was going through some pretty uh, physical drills right there. So that's, that is great news. That is the best news we possibly could have gotten day one. Uh, but we, we will, unfortunately, we are going to be talking football, actual football later on tomorrow. The Blue Stable will be at training camp tomorrow. Marcus, our guy Luke, he's going to be photography there. They're going to be up there tomorrow. We are going to be talking about a pretty tricky situation right now. But before we get into that, Landon, uh, before we get into this, man, I, I first I want to check on you. How are you? Doing good, man. Uh, well, as good as you can, I guess. Um, you know, I, I was uh, sitting down last night talking to my wife about all this stuff going on. She was like, I thought I thought things are supposed to be quiet during the off season. And I said, yeah, normally they are, but not for this team, not for this ownership, not for any of this stuff. So, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about here, but yeah, man, it's, uh, everything else is going good though. So appreciate that. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Like, like you said, as, as best as anybody could be during this time right now, we are excited to talk about football. We're excited to actually discuss football. But unfortunately, the football gods that be over the Indianapolis franchise just can't let us do that. Just just yet. Just not quite yet, guys. And, and unless you've been living under a rock, there is some beef going on behind the scenes here. So let's go ahead and jump into it again. Today, we're going to be talking about Jim Mersey versus Jonathan Taylor's agent. What does Jonathan Taylor feel? What could come out hey. of this? What could the end result be? And tomorrow, well, that's when we're going to get into football. Because I would love nothing more than talk about hey. football. What's up? Oh, I, th- I think your internet's messing up, man. Like, you're, like, cutting in and out all over the place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see. Hopefully, it's not my wire or anything. to my headphones. Okay. Is, is it cutting out at all? No. You're, yeah, you're good now. You're good right okay. now. For sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. But, guys. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Shaquille Leonard, his update, Michael Pittman taking on that leadership role, what's the offensive line going to look like. We're going to talk about football tomorrow. Today, unfortunately, we got to talk about some drama once again going on inside the Indianapolis Colts. Before we do that, let's take a moment of silence for Chris Ballard's blood pressure and his patience and his mental health because he's been going through it for the last year or so. So let's just, let's just take a bow. 
All right, okay, that now we're good. Now we're good. Okay, so to, to start off all of this, okay, Jonathan Taylor, of course, a few months ago, got a new agency, got new uh, a new re- representation because that was a sign that negotiations were about to pick up. He has had an MVP-type year in 2021. He has been durable. This past season was the first time ever in his career he missed a practice, right, Landon? It is the first time ever he missed a practice, and he had some fumbles, some performance issues, although, again, the offensive line was pretty horrid, so that's what led to that. But also, he was also struggling with vision. You know, he kind of went back to rookie year, first eight games of the rookie year, Jonathan Taylor. Now we have arrived here in training camp. Chris Ballard was very encouraging, talking about an extension and, you know, everybody wants to get paid. It sounded good. But Jim Merce decided to open his mouth on Twitter, talk about the free eight or talk about the running back market. Jonathan Taylor's agent decided to come back and said, bad faith is not playing, is not paying your top offensive player. Now, Colts fans, well, before I get to Colts fans, then today, then today, I believe the tweet came from Mark Garuffalo talking about can this relationship be fixed? His agent responds once again and says, I doubt it, shoulder shrug emoji. That okay, so the second the second tweet was a little bit unprofessional. That was just you could have ignored it by then. I, I agree. But the, at first, the it, it initiated from Jim Ursay. Before we get into that, Landon, I want to get your thoughts on this, man, because every uh, everybody in Colts Twitter are clowning the agent as they should because it is pretty unprofessional. If you wanted to say the first one, okay. The first one, I thought, okay, you get a freebie. But the second one today was a little bit, okay, was there really a need for that? I want to get your thoughts on this pretty messy situation right now. Right. Well, I think, too, like, yeah, I mean, like, even the second tweet, yeah, like, that was a completely uncalled for. But if you go and look at his likes as well on Twitter, his likes about the Colts should trade JT, JT should ask for a trade, he should go to Miami. I saw one earlier, like, get your Photoshop ready, Miami. Like, get those jerseys Photoshopped ready. Um, so it seems like the agent's doing everything he can to, like, drive the narrative of JT wanting a trade and JT wanting out. Um, and, and the messy part of it is, is, like, when it because that is his agent, you don't know if he's speaking for Jonathan Taylor or if he's speaking for himself. And I think that's where it's completely unprofessional, like putting a lot of that stuff out there on the internet because you are representing Jonathan Taylor. And you're, for, for all we know, this could be what he's saying. And there's people now that you see that are kind of turning almost against Jonathan Taylor. Like, I think everybody was in agreement for the most part that Jim Ursay's tweet was uncalled for, even though I think it meant a completely different thing than how people took it. Yeah. I don't think he was like directing the tweet at Jonathan Taylor. I don't think it had anything to do with JT, honestly. Um, I think it was more along the lines of negotiations, acknowledging the CBA that was negotiated and how people now want to go back and change the CBA for the, for one position out of, 20-something positions, and I think they were saying, like, some of the agents, like, that's just bad faith negotiating using that CBA against them whenever 
both parties agreed to that deal. I don't think it had anything to do with Jonathan Taylor individually. Um, but of course, you know, he sent that tweet out and because they are in a negotiation with their running back, it does kind of hit home. So yeah, the agent did kind of fire back. Like I said, that's completely understandable, but, um, I think where the agent has lost a lot of people is because, and why he represents Jonathan Taylor and why now people are like, okay, like everybody was on JT's side whenever Jim Mercer tweeted that everybody was like, Oh my gosh, like, why would you like, why, like what, like why even open your mouth? Like keep that behind closed doors. There's no reason to even tweet that out. And everybody's on Jonathan Taylor's side. Now it's turned into like, well, now JT's being unprofessional, his agents being unprofessional, everything, you know, you see on the internet now, all because of the agent's initial reaction today, or not the initial reaction, but the stuff that you've seen today coming out of his agent's Twitter profile. And um, that's just not a good way to conduct business. Like, personally, for me, um, that's stuff that should be kept behind closed doors. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is like one of the nicest, like most uncontroversial guys that you will ever come across. Like he's he's so even care. He wants to keep it behind closed doors like this wasn't I mean, you've seen him be a little more outspoken, not just him, but you've seen a lot of the running backs here recently Mm -hmm. be a lot more outspoken towards this issue. Um, But the reality is, you know, he's a guy like he showed up to camp. We heard, uh, you know, from Jim Bob Cooter and all that. We heard from him today. I don't know if you watched the press conference with him, but he's, you know, JT's shown up. He's been in the meetings. He's been completely professional about it, um, not making anything about himself. He's he's still out there. Even though he's on the, the pup list, you know, not participating, he's still made himself available for – you know, the, the meetings and all that kind of stuff and learning this new system. So he's going about things fine. I think we're this is kind of just falling off the rails is just from everything today um, just got completely crazy with everything. And, yeah, it's it, it's a mess for sure. And we'll see if a move is made agency-wise or – contract wise or anything and, and here's the reality of it too man which i don't know i don't know if you want to save this for like a later discussion but like the Colts hold all the leverage in this scenario like and, and i think that's just the reality of it. it is like jt can be upset and all this stuff but um i mean you still got to play out this year they can still tag him twice. And then at that point, because I believe the first year, if they tag him, it's 10 million. The next year is 12 million. And after that, he's 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's an old 27, too. Because let's not forget, this guy almost had a thousand carries coming out of college. So, I mean, this wasn't like a guy who was, you know, in a timeshare in college and. He comes into the NFL with three, 400 carries. This is a guy that came in with 960-something carries out of Wisconsin. We've seen him. They've been riding him pretty hard since his rookie year. So those carries are built up, you know, and now he's 27 years old. The reality is the Colts hold all the leverage. This is a new coaching staff, a new roster. 
he they want to see how he performs this year with the injuries that were happening last year. And I fully believe if Jonathan Taylor goes out and performs like Jonathan Taylor, like a normal guy, the Colts would have absolutely zero problem paying him what he's worth. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a sad situation. There's there's been absolutely no need for the drama, and that comes from Jim Ursay. And that goes for his agent as well. There's absolutely no need for this to play out in the public, you know, on the internet. Yeah. Marcus out here in the in the group chat over here, or not the group chat, the comment section. Feel bad for JT, but we have AR and culture shot in the backfield. Well, you go out there and get a few reps tomorrow in training camp and we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll see you on a highlight reel. Yeah, I'm gonna need eighteen hundred yards and eighteen touchdowns next year, Marcus. Yep. 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. Also a breakaway score in Germany against New England, by the way. I'm, I'm going to need that as well. So, yeah. But the, the part of this is where it gets really messy for me because there is – I don't know if there's like a history between his agent and his name. I'm sorry if I – Maokai Kawawa, I believe. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. This guy, I don't know if he has a past history – with Jim Mersey because a, an old tweet from 2012, and I don't even know if this tweet was before he came an agent, if he was already an agent, if he was representing athletes at the time. But he tweeted in 2012, owner for the Colts is an egomaniac. Polian took that sorry franchise and turned it around. That, that, that speaks pretty loud. And you know what social media is. Social media lives forever, all right? They're always going to have what you tweeted. It's always going to be resurfaced. I don't even know how this resurfaced, who went and looked for it. But obviously, this agent is now public enemy one in in Colts universe, and I completely understand why. All the tweets that he's liking has to do with, oh, get a trade request, get him out of Indianapolis. I think there was one that said, get Miami to trade for him. He liked that one. I, I don't know if he's a Miami Dolphins fan or something. I know he – Yeah, apparently, apparently he is a Dolphins fan. So Yeah, so I, I think he does. So it seems like he's working in, like, his personal interest. Right, right. And, and the thing for him, you're an agent. What you like on social media, you sign off on that. And you're an agent. So what you like and retweet goes beyond just, oh, it was just a like. It goes beyond that. And not – just about a like, but a like about a player on another team suggesting that player should be traded. That That's another thing that's just like, dude, no other agent is out there liking these types of tweets. No other agent is out there going back and forth and throwing shots at the owner. I mean, did Jim Irsay once again have to open his big mouth? Okay, but to Landon's point, he wasn't talking about Jonathan Taylor. But the reason why it was so dumb to do is because he's talking about a running back market when at the same time his Pro Bowl running back is in negotiations. That's what I'm just like, dude, read the room. I thought we were past the drama, Jim Irsay creating drama. I thought we were past all that. And once again, he does it again. But I'm not making this big deal over Jim Irsay because, again, he was just talking about the CBA like, I, I, I don't know if his phone needs to be taken away. He needs to shut down Twitter. Or if he shuts down Twitter, he can't do any more of his trivia that he likes to do for the fans. So, But it, I, I just don't understand why the tweet had to be made yesterday. I don't know why. Like, regardless, no other owner is out there tweeting that. 
during the time that their players are in negotiations? What other owner is out there on Twitter talking about the market when their player, which is in said market, is in negotiations? What other owner does that? Like, can, can we just have an owner that's non-problematic for one season? For one season, non-problematic. It's coming. I think it's coming. But at the same time, this is just not good because Jim Mercer saying one thing and then Jonathan Taylor's agent is going three steps farther in the unprofessionalism. He's going three steps farther. Jim Mercer said what he said. Okay, all right. We know he has a big mouth. Okay, he's a billionaire. He can do what he wants, right? His team. But at the same time, why does the agent have to come out and say what he said, like the tweets that he likes? Why? And which makes me think, and I tweeted this out earlier today, what is Jonathan Taylor's involvement in this? Like, I know everybody is criticizing the agent. Oh, is this how you represent your client? Maybe he's being asked to represent this way. Maybe. I, I don't know. And I don't think Jonathan Taylor is that kind of guy. I don't think the dude has been nothing short of a professional, an outstanding leader in the Indianapolis community. No, I don't live there, but I know for a fact that's what he's been in that city and for that franchise. He hasn't caused any problems with any teammates, with any coaches, any trainers, any analytical staff, nothing. Like you think of when, when you think of leadership, I think of Dak Prescott, I think of Lamar Jackson, I think of those guys, and I put Jonathan Taylor in that class. That's the kind of leader that he is. So I, I don't know what's going on with this situation. What have the conversations been like over the last 48 hours between Taylor's camp and the Colts? I, I don't know. We don't know what those conversations have been like. But, man, I do feel for Chris Ballard in this, man. Imagine all the crap. And, Landon, you and I know what was being said inside some circles about the Colts. And all oh, yeah. the goodwill, all the goodwill Chris Ballard built over the offseason rekindling with agents, you know, getting to the combine, getting to the senior bowl. Hey, you know, this season was not our best, but hey, you know, he, he rekindled some relationships. He rebuilt some relationships. And to do all of that and then get to training camp, literally not even a, a week into training camp, just a few hours into it, bam, his owner goes and does this. And now they're just like, well, Chris, now what? Now what? You, you, you told us this. You told us that this was – we were beyond this. We were past this. And, man, I, I just come here baffled at the fact that we keep getting drama out of Indianapolis, regardless of whose fault it is, whether if it's Chris Ballard making a bad trade for Carson Wentz, whether if it's Frank Reich not switching out Matt Pryor for uh, Dennis Kelly, or whether if it's Jim Ursay saying something or doing something – there's drama all the time around this franchise. I don't know why. I don't know why there's always drama around this franchise. Why can't we never just be football focused? It can never be that. There's always something. There's a weird injury. The medical staff isn't being up front. Chris Ballard isn't being up front. Ryan Grixon isn't being up front. Chuck Pagano isn't being up front. Jim Irsay is forcing Chuck and Ryan to be together. Jim is forcing us as the fan base to embrace those two. Uh, they're, they're, they're forcing Frank Reich. They're forcing Sam Ellinger. Jim Irsay's overruling quarterback decisions. Jim Irsay's hiring TV analysts. When does the drama stop? Like, yes, it makes for, like, ESPN and, and Fox and all that stuff. Okay, all right. They get well, it's, great. It, it's great content. 
It's great content, but man, dude, it's content that I'm tired of. It's content t- content that I'm tired of. Jeff Saturday, that whole fiasco took drained all of us, did it not? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. Once everything ended and like somehow, like somehow, we came out of that mess. And like in reality, a lot of it is due to Chris Ballard's goodwill around the league. Yes, we came out of all of that mess. With Shane Steichen, um, by all accounts, a really great coaching staff, and a new quarterback that the sky's the limit. Like, this Mm -hmm. has been the first time really since Andrew Luck retired where there's this much hope for what the future can be in this this franchise. And um, Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that, you know, because of how – I mean, by all accounts, he's the best player on your team you know, or at least your offense, you know, mm-hmm. um, now it's not the most important position, obviously, you know, with, um, you know, we know how the running back market is, but Jonathan Taylor is when Jonathan Taylor is at his best, we have seen him be the best player at his position in the national football league. So there's nobody else on this Colts roster. You can say that about except maybe Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard. And you can't even say that about Michael Pittman because of the revolving door at quarterback that has been yeah, ever since yeah. he entered the league. Like you and I think he's wide receiver one that he can dominate. I think yeah, but, I think he's a one for sure. Yeah, but but there's been no consistency at the position, right. so he can't build off of it. But what has been consistent is your center, your right tackle, your left guard, and Jonathan Taylor can work with that. He can build on it. I mean, the fact that he had a horrible eight game stretch in his rookie season and still ended up with a thousand yards rushing is incredible. It is incredible. After eight games, he had, I think it was 213 rushing yards and then ended this rookie year, a thousand yard rushing. How, how, how that is talent. So Landon, I don't know what needs to happen with either you extend this man or you don't like stop all the BS. Extend the man and let's get the freaking football, man. I'm so yeah. tired of talking about drama. I know the Colts fans are tired of drama. Like, whether, whether if it's the agent agent being childish, is JT not speaking up? Is JT not going to fire the agent? I know I know nobody wants to talk about Jim Mercer. He's untouchable to some fans. But, man, can all of this stop? Can all of this just stop? And, again, I come back to that question. What does JT think about all this? Like, I, I just don't buy it, me personally. Depending, doing some research on this agent, he he represents some pretty high-profile uh, athletes. He does. So, he, he's well, also he, in the UFC. He represents Shaquille Leonard. Yes. Yeah, and he represents some UFC fighters. And yeah. my thing is, this is not just some low-ball agent that's going rogue. Why would he do that? He, yeah. he represents guys on the team that Jonathan Taylor is on. He represents UFC fighters. He represents guys in the NBA. He represents guys in the NFL. Why is he just voluntarily going rogue and just talking about, you know, just going off on, on Jim Mercer and liking these tweets? I, I that, that right there, because I'm giving the agent the benefit, benefit of the doubt, that right there makes me wonder, what is JT's involvement in this? What is it? Well, all right. So, like, so here's what I know as far as what's going on with this situation. Here's what I know. Jonathan Taylor wants an extension before his rookie deal is up. 
he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. He wants to be paid now, you know, before the deal is up based off of his past performances. I have no problem with that. Happens all the time. All it the is time. what it is. The Colts, because of the injury last year, the coaching staff, so much turnover, you know, they want to see how he meshes with everything this year. And if everything goes to plan, they want to extend him after this season. They want this season to play out with the new quarterback, the new coaching staff, all that. Then they want to make the extension. They hold all the leverage right now. Um, So that's where they're far apart. JT wants to be extended now. The Colts want to let things play out and extend him later if everything goes to plan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's not that the Colts don't want to pay him. It's that's not the thing at all. Chris Ballard and everybody in that organization loves Jonathan Taylor. They just want to see how things play out with all the turnover within the new coaching staff and the quarterback this year before they go handing out huge money to a running back. Um, it's not about them not wanting to pay Jonathan Taylor. I think it's just the timeline where both parties aren't on the same page because JT, as a player, which I completely support, wants to be paid right now. Um, but something that I've learned over the years um, – as far as how these things go is you don't pay for past performance. You pay for future performance. You don't give big money guy or guys, big money based on the past. You give them big money based on what you think they will do in the future on that contract, which I think is what Chris Ballard really believes in his philosophy. And we've seen here recently come back to bite them in the butt with the huge extensions for Shaq Leonard and the huge extensions for Quentin Nelson. Because both of those guys last year had really down year and they were taking up a significant portion of this cap space. So I think the Colts have been very cautious about doing that again before they see what Jonathan Taylor looks like in this new scheme with a new quarterback, with a new coaching staff. And that's all it is. They just want it to play out this year. They still control him for at least this year and two more years after if they need to use the franchise tag. I think right now they're more focused on the Michael Pittman extension um, is where their focus is going towards. Um, There have been talks over the last few months about an extension uh, with JT. I don't think they're um, too far apart money-wise, but I, I just think that they just want to let time play itself out. So um, with even with all this drama, even with all this stuff, I still think JT is the utmost professional. Mm-hmm. He'll still come to work. He'll still do what needs to be done. And I do think at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor, unless he just makes the decision, which people can talk a big game as we saw with Saquon Barkley, but when you're staring at losing all that money by setting out and not playing, it's a completely different conversation. 
I think JT will come to work. I think he'll be a Colt. I think an extension gets done. I think he's a Colt at least for the next two seasons for sure. Um, I don't think we have to worry about him going anywhere. And I do honestly, in my opinion, think an extension gets done next offseason with Jonathan Taylor. Um, Yeah, I think that's what the Colts are focusing on. They want to see how everything plays out this year because of the injury last year, because of all the turnover. And then they're looking at that extension taking place next offseason where they're different is JT wants the extension to be done this offseason before his rookie deal is up. He doesn't want to play on the franchise tag, all that kind of stuff. Um, So, and I mean, to be fair, Jonathan Taylor has completely outplayed his contract, 100%. I believe his contract was four years, like almost $5 million. I think it was, oh yeah, total, yeah. Yeah, like total, four years, four point something million. Um, So yeah, he's completely outperformed his contract. And as we know, guys can go down in training camp, as we've seen today uh, with Jalen Ramsey, with Joe Burrow. Guys can go down in training camp and – that affects their money. So, yeah, I'm all for players wanting to get their money up front as quick as they can, um, you know, and, and secure their future. And I think that's just where JT stands on the issue. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, that's just what I know is going on. That's how the Colts are thinking. That's how Jonathan Taylor's camp is thinking. Mm. They're just in different places as far as when they want the extension uh, to be handed out. And you can rest assured that Jonathan Taylor is not suiting up in preseason. Like, that, that, that's already a given. No. Like, no starting running back is suiting up in the preseason. So, we can already – I mean, like, he might play, season. like, a series or two just because oh, it is a new coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, like so? – it, it, Yeah, I mean, like, it's a new scheme. It's a new coaching staff. Okay. Um, so, he might play a series maybe in the preseason uh, mm-hmm. just to get those live reps, to get – you know, pads on pads to get the contact and stuff. Um, because that stuff does make a difference going into the season. Like, you don't want your first contact to be week one, snap one. Like, you want to ease guys in gradually with that. Um, that's that's what they did with him last year. But, again, this is a new scheme, new leadership, new, yeah. new everything. So, I don't know. I mean, he, he missed out the entire preseason, came back against Houston week one, I think at 128 rushing yards. Hey, it, it, it's definitely possible, and I, I get where you're coming from. I would be surprised if he if he suits up in the preseason, honestly. I, just me personally. But everything you say. Yeah, I mean, they, they might do that, but I think Shane Steichen is a little bit different as far as how he can he's conducting business mm-hmm. um, because he is right now. They're laying a foundation of – intensity and toughness and hitting like these practices you'll see in training camp, especially when they ramp up here in the next three weeks or so. Um, they're, they're going to be really going after it. Like, in, like it's not going to be like the Frank Reich, like walkthroughs where everybody's yeah. like having fun um, and, and everything's, you know, you're just going through the motions like, um, and, and some coaches can get away with that. I know, um, I know that's how, some guys off, but, uh, or some, uh, I know that's how some guys conduct, you know, their businesses as far as their training camps and stuff. Shane Steichen's almost the complete opposite. Like they're instilling how they want this team to be like physical, tough, intense, um, attacking, 
And those practices will reflect that here in the pretty near future. You'll see it be a little bit more, um, <laughs> I guess, physical is the best word. A little bit more physical than what you're used to in an Indianapolis Colts training camp. And, and Shane Sykin already talked about that day one yesterday. And even now, even in their in their walkthroughs and everything, they're going a little bit more up-tempo. It's not just going to be walkthroughs. It's not just going to be a walk in the park. You're coming out here and you're going to compete. And that's something that I love. It's something that I wasn't always, you know, keen on with, with Frank Reich. Like, okay, why aren't practices going a little bit harder? Like, get them in pads, okay? Don't be, don't be afraid to put them in pads. Come on, go out there. Go, go hit somebody. Maybe that's why they were so bad at tackling last year. I, I, I don't know. But – for, for this situation here, because we've talked about Jim Mercer having fault. We've talked about uh, Taylor's representation having fault. What does it do? Because as of right now, things are very ugly. I'm not sure if it can get even more ugly than this. I don't think this is going to happen. Again, I think Taylor is a cult for the next two to three years. Like you said, honestly, like, like you said, I think he'll be here for two to three years. But what has to happen? Do you think that his camp has approached him, hey, if, if you want to do a trade, what are some teams you want to go? Just just so we can start laying some groundwork if things don't go our way. Because like you said, like you said, they want extension now. This isn't going to happen because I, I don't see anybody doing this for a running back, especially for Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's a team out there that's going to trade for a running back and then extend him for twelve to fifteen million dollars. I just don't see a team doing that, especially teams that have drafted in this deep running back class just like what three four months ago got some running backs in free agency got running backs in two off seasons ago that it, it just doesn't seem plausible to me do you think at any point do you think it's possible a trade request comes on jonathan taylor's side um honestly no i don't see it happening just because i don't know if he's that type of guy i think his agent um might be you know, a, a little bit different, but I don't think JT would do that. Um, if he, it, but in the, in the off chance that it does happen, the Colts won't trade him um, <laughs> just because they they have no leverage. Um, that's that's kind of what I was saying is like, you know, they control him for this year, and they can use the franchise tag the next two seasons if they decide to do that. Um, and, and that's really the reality of the situation for Jonathan Taylor is he can want what he wants, but him and his camp have almost zero leverage in this situation. And at that point, it becomes very much like the Saquon Barkley thing where it's either, okay, yeah, you can show up, play, be professional, who we all know JT to be, the consummate professional. He's been referred to in that building as Superman, like Clark Kent. Like, that's the type of guy he is. Um, But, yeah, well – Brian makes a great point there. It, his his camp has no – there's no leverage. They're so maybe trying that, to create leverage. And yeah, they can try to create leverage all they want, but that's not the reality of it. So, nope. yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you can either set out, be fined, tons of money, lose, your, lose what money you do have, or you can show up, go to work, come to business, and then – hopefully be rewarded after that, which I think is the route that will happen. But, yeah, even if he requests a trade, um, I don't see the Colts moving him because 
there's no reason for them to do so unless they get a Christian McCaffrey godfather type offer where somebody's offering their second, third, fourth, and fifth round picks in a draft. Um, which no one is doing. In which no one is offense. doing nope. because, no, because, like, that's another thing with Jonathan Taylor, and I think this does, like, hurt his value some, is because he's not a every down multifaceted back like Christian McCaffrey where you can line him up in the slot at wide receiver or you can have him do all this other stuff. He's very much strictly a Derrick Henry style downhill, you know, zone read type of runner. Uh, he's not going to give you a ton in the passing game. He might catch, you know, 30 balls. Even uh, pass protection he struggled last year. Yeah, it, well, exactly. And I think that's where the Colts want to see how things play out because there was so much last year that went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically with guys, like I said, where they gave, already gave those big extensions out with Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard, who Shaq barely played last year. We know the injury issues. The Quentin Nelson had a really down year and they're tying up, you know, 40, $45 million just on those two players in their cap. Um, they just want to let this year play out. This is a year of evaluation for the Colts. This is them evaluating everything from their offensive line, their new quarterback, the defense. Like, this is an evaluation year to see, like, hey, where where are we as a franchise and how do we best prepare for the future with Anthony Richardson? How do we ease him into this, give him the confidence to succeed this is not about 2023. This is about 2025. And they want to let the process play itself out this year before they get into all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, even if he requests a trade, they're not going to trade him. He's going to he's gonna either set out and cost himself a ton of money, which I don't see him doing uh, just because he's not that type of guy, or he will continue to be the JT we all know and love where – he comes to work. He performs. He's a consummate professional for this franchise and for this community. And, and, and you know, like, you know this thing in, in the locker room. Even if he doesn't get his extension, you know those guys on his team are going to be motivated to perform and make sure he performs well so he gets his money. That, right, that's yeah. just how those guys are together. Him and him and Michael Pittman are in the same boat. I mean, that, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, guys want to see other guys get paid. Yeah, offensive line is going to come in motivated. They're going to want to create those openings. And, hey, who, who knows? Maybe Jonathan Taylor explodes seven games in the season and he forces Chris Ballard, give me my money now. And, and boom, extension time. Exactly. Like maybe he that's gets what it's all about. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about. I don't see a trade going, whether if it's John, Jonathan Taylor pissed off at the worst. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I see him suiting up. And plus, again, I mean, him, him and Saquon were in the same boat. Only difference was Saquon was missing out on $10 million. Jonathan Taylor would miss out on, what, $2.5 million? So yeah. it, 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 it's different. It's different. And like you said, everyone's talk. Everyone can talk, can talk the talk. But it turns out nobody can walk the walk. Le'Veon Bell walked the walk, and look at how that turned out. So – it, 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 and especially it, it, too with Le'Veon Bell because he just came out recently, what a week or two ago, and said if he had to do it over again, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't. Mm -hmm. He would have stayed in Pittsburgh. Um, yep. You know, so uh, it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the unfortunate reality of the running back position. 
Um, it sucks, but that's just the way this league is built. It's the way this league is heading. Um, and, you know, for even as great as, you know, guys like Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor and all these guys are, Derrick Henry, I believe Derrick Henry is only making $12.5 million a year. Um, you know, and we just saw, you know, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back of this generation right now over the last five years. Um, and he's making basically what Cole Komet makes. <laughs> and, so. and imagine this. Imagine this. Now, this is just a hypothetical I'm throwing out, and not just because he's my guy and, and we interviewed him, but Alvin Kamara is getting paid how much in New Orleans? I'm not sure if he's going to play out there week one, depending on what happens with his legal stuff. But the, the guy that they just drafted in the third round, Kendra Miller, Alvin Kamara, as much as he does in the passing game, he's getting paid that much. But if they draft Kendra Miller and he's a rookie making, what, $1.5 million a year, and he goes for 1,000 yards? I mean, that's just the reality of the running back position. I mean, we have Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's had four straight 1,000-yard seasons, and he's a free agent, and nobody's wanting to pay him big money. No, because they already they already got rookies on or running backs on rookie contracts. They already yeah. do. So it, it's unfortunate, man. And I really hate that this is happening to a guy like Jonathan Taylor. I hate that this is happening to anybody. I hate that this is happening to anybody. Unfortunately, it's the reality of the NFL. The running back position is just not that valuable three years after their rookie contract. Uh, unfortunately, unless you're a Frank Gore, which you probably get one of those every generation, you know, not everybody can go for a thousand yards for 13 straight seasons like Frank Gore, like Frank Gore did. So that's, I guess, where we're at. I really hope this blows and, over. Great command. This is my last point, too. Um, I'll, I'll just say this, too, because Jim Irsay has dealt with this before. Because um, I don't know, maybe I'm aging myself here. Um, <laughs> But I don't know if a lot of our younger fans remember the Edger and James contracts talks that really kind of fell apart, um, you know, because Edge had probably the greatest, one of the greatest rookie, see, or like one of the greatest rookie contracts that a running back has ever had. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player just based off of, you know, the, that rookie contract. Um, and those talks fell apart edger and james you know the colts called his bluff they sent him to arizona uh he ended up going to the cardinals the year that edger and james left this franchise the very next season the colts won the super bowl without it so jim ursay has dealt with this before and they're like they won't be budged like maybe I could see if Jim Irsay fell fell for it because, again, Jim Irsay is the same guy that overruled Chris Ballard and signed T.Y. Hilton when Chris Ballard didn't want to. But Chris Ballard, now that he's the backbone of Jim Irsay, we know Chris Ballard's not going to give in to anybody. There's not a damn agent that he'll give in to. Not at all. He is firm in his belief. He's old school. He's firm in his belief. He's going to do things the way he wants to do them, the way he has built the foundation in. And that's they like Chris Ballard, do. yeah, but Chris Ballard pays his guys. He does, and that's if, been proven. That's what I'm saying. If it's proven, so if Jonathan Taylor, excuse me, Jonathan Taylor shows up this year, goes to work, puts together another season, 
like Jonathan Taylor does, um, he'll get paid. That's all yeah. there is to it. I think and, there's just a hassle on Jonathan Taylor wants the money now. The Colts want to let everything play out, possibly just do it next offseason. And who knows? Maybe Chris Ballard, and this is just a hypothetical, this isn't educated. Who knows? Maybe Chris Ballard is aiming for 12 to $13 million right now. But if Jonathan Taylor comes to work, is professional, is a leader, and shows out, maybe which he is all of those things. Yeah, maybe, which he is all of those things. Maybe he's looking at a $15, $16 million extension. Maybe. You know, I don't Chris know about Ballard. that. Hey, I'm just saying this is a hypothetical. That's why I preferenced it was not educated. So I'm just saying Chris Ballard is the guy who has shown that he's going to pay his players, regardless of what position they play. He is going to pay him. Whether we landed, we can talk for an hour about how left guard and off ball linebacker do not need to be at the top of your cap list. But you know, you know, you know who doesn't give a damn about that? Chris Ballard. Because he drafted them, they performed, they're leaders, and they got paid. So that, that that's that, guys. I really hope this is the worst it gets. I really hope things get better over the next couple weeks. I really hope because, dude, I'm so tired of, of drama. I'm so tired. I believe they will. Things I, like I, have a way th- – things have a way, as we've seen this offseason, where even when things look at their worst, mm-hmm. it, there, there's always somewhere in the middle. You know, they're never as bad as they look. It's never as good as it looks. It's always somewhere in the middle. So I think things, as training camp ramps up, JT gets put off the pup list. He'll go out there and perform. Everybody will be laughing about this in a month from now. They'll be like, man, remember when his agent was going off the rails? And Mm -hmm. I mean, this, like, it'll all pass. It's not as bad as it looks on Twitter. It's also not as good as it always looks. Everything's just always right in the middle. So I think that's where everybody needs to keep their belief, just right I, in the middle. I think the in-between needs to be Chris Ballard and the Ursay daughters creating a tour for Jim Ursay to get out of Indianapolis for the next two weeks, two months, so so he can stay away from these negotiations. Like, Jim, you've done enough? Uh, here, go do some concerts. We already, you know, got the marketing done. We, we, we uh, reserved the venues. Go, go do some concerts. And then out of nowhere – Jonathan Taylor's extended. Okay, yeah, I had to get Jim Mercer out of here because, man, he just he just wasn't helping dude. Before we get out of here, I don't know what Chris Ballard is getting paid, but it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's just not enough, dude. I, I feel for this man for what he has been through, but the fact that he is so disciplined, he's patient, and he shows like, like, like Jonathan Taylor – Regardless of the crap that is going on, out of everything that happened this past season, Chris Ballard did not resign. He did not talk badly about Jim Mersey. He did not talk badly about Frank Reich. He just said, hey, we're going to get better, and we're going to be better from this. And they had a great offseason. Great offseason. Great head coach. Great offensive staff. Got your future quarterback. Fantastic draft. Yeah. Fantastic draft. Even got a, another vet quarterback to help. Help out your help out your rookie, and that's that. So Chris Ballard, thank the Lord we have Chris Ballard. That's the saving grace in all well, of this. I mean, hey, you still got to win football games. You so. still got to win football uh, games. And you can have the, the greatest drafts and the greatest coaching hires, and you can yes. do all that. 
Still got to win football games. Still so, got to win the AFC South, which you haven't done since 2014. So, yeah. hopefully our time is coming. Probably not happening this year, but hey, who knows? Probably not this year. But Who knows? All right. Future, it's bright. It is bright, guys. But hopefully this is the worst it gets. Nothing else comes of this. We want to talk football. Speaking of talking football, we will be back tomorrow. Because we had to, you know, discuss this childish act between two grown men. Because we had to discuss this. We're going to be back tomorrow. At least I will. Landon, Marcus, we'll see where they are. But we will be back tomorrow discussing all the tidbits from training camp, updates on Shaq, which is great news. If you haven't, if you've been living under a rock, Shaq has been passed. He's passed the physical. He's back out on the field. He was doing some uh, individual linebacker I've been telling y'all. I've been telling y'all. Hey, man, I'm glad. I'm glad. I love it. I love it. I love it. Michael Pittman Jr. stepping up as a leader. Kenny Moore seems to have his swagger back. Let's get it. Had a good, and good practice yesterday. Stood out. There you go. So, good, there's, yeah, there, there's some great things to talk about. We will be back tomorrow to talk about all of those things because we care about football more than drama. This is grown men business. Let's focus on football. So, other than that, guys, he's Landon. I am Michael. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Hopefully you've already listened to the show, whether if it was now or tomorrow when it's up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever the case may be. But thank you for watching, by the way. This is the exciting time. We're excited. Things are getting underway. And other than that, Landon, anything else? No, I'll uh, see you guys tomorrow. All right, guys. See ya. Go Colts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.